0: Welcome to Raised on D&D podcast. Raised on D&D brings you inspirational interviews with tips and strategies to enrich your family's gaming experience. Your host for Raised on D&D has been a dungeon master for over 30 years and a father to three gamers. Here is Nick Cararelli.
1: Welcome back, gamers. I'm your host, Nick Carterelli, and this is Raised on D&D. My next guests are from Melbourne, Australia. She has worked with Sirenscape at Gen Con and PAX Australia. He is a ludologist known for gaming-related positivity and silliness on Twitter. You know her from her acting in video games such as Dead Static Drive and Stormrend, and on TV sitcom Ferguson Hell, feature film Out of Order, and web series Ninja Panda. He's working on a few game designs, including a kids' time travel themed game. She is writing a feature film and TV series pilot. They have both appeared on Geek and Sundry's show, Game the Game. Please welcome the very talented Jessica Hutchinson and the tabletop owlbear, Daryl Brown. Hi guys. Yay! Yay. That was
0: so nice. I was like, oh wow, I feel
1: accomplished. We're like back and forth in between, right? (laughs) Well, thanks so much for being on the show. Thank Thank you so much
0: for having us. This is so this is so awesome.
1: (laughs) Well, we want to get to know you guys as gamers. So Jessica, you were telling me that Daryl introduced you to tabletop role playing games and Dungeons Dragons. Is that right?
0: Yeah, yeah, correct. Um, I mean, like I, I had played other tabletop games or board games as a kid, and but, but not not the kind of games you would obviously see. These days, you know, these days we have just such an amazing kind of variety of types and styles of games. My my favourite was a game um, when I was
2: a kid called Mouse Trap,
0: <laughs> and I loved it because of the physical kind of
2: tactile practicalities <laughs> of putting together. Plays that gang, everyone just puts together the trap and then goes,
0: oh, I, Look at the. I played bee. it. Thank you, you literally very much. Built it up I, as you went I enjoyed. It. I was an only child. It was very entertaining <laughs> to me. Uh, so that was my favourite game growing up, and then, uh, you know, we we started dating. Um, you know, when I was God, I turned 18. After I turned 18, my gosh. Mm-hmm. And uh, you you used to game a lot with your high school buddies, and yeah. so I think at the time you guys were playing um, uh, well, Blood Bowl. Blood Bowl. You were playing Blood Bowl, and yeah. and Andrew mentioned that he wanted to start up another another role playing game, and you and you know, you all had uh, 3.5 because I don't think four had come out at that point.
2: Mm, yeah it was definitely before that
0: yeah it was so, it was kind yeah. of just before uh fourth ed came out and so you had all of the 3.5 books mm. and you know you were like oh cool we're gonna start a new campaign and i went oh i i, I kind of want to join in i want to know what it's all like you know i'm, I'm an actor I, I love i love characters i love adventure i love stories this sounds like a great opportunity to, to try something new and something fun and um i kind of weaseled my way <laughs> to the table <laughs> and I remember, um, you know, that they handed me, you know, the, the player's handbook and, and the character sheet and, and I'm looking at everything and I'm going, I have no idea what's going on. What do I do with this? And I, I, I was creating my character. You to give me shit for this. But um, when I was rolling up my character, a friend Steven said to me, you only use Pip's I only use pips when you're rolling up your character stats. And I'm like, oh, why? He's like, it's just, trust me, you get better results that way. And so I went out and I bought, I bought pips.
2: <laughs> can't have dice with numbers written on it. Oh, no, it's got to be nasty can't pips. Can't
0: have dice with numbers so, written on it. It has to be the pips, you know, like the one dot for one, the two dots for two, yeah. et cetera. And so I rolled my character with them. And, and every like, Stephen's probably chuckling to himself thinking he's a criminal mastermind and getting me to do something so silly. And you're at me because you think it's ridiculous because it's not True at all. But I swear to this day, every time I've had to roll up a character and I use pips, amazing stats. Amazing. (laughs) Better than average. Couldn't possibly be happier with, my like, any of my stats. And so, yeah, so I rolled up this character and she was a ranger. Her name was Claudia and she was awesome. And I died in the first game. But our DM, Andrew, was
2: just so, so, like... You spent all that time making that character up
0: because I would spent all that time making that character up and he was just like no that's just that's just not fair so he kind of just waved his magic DM wand and allowed me to to live and, and
2: yeah.
0: he just kind of changed the amount time. of damage that I was supposed to receive yeah. so yeah so it's it's because of it's because of this fellow here that I ended up uh, getting into D and D and I adore it I I think it's one of the the funnest ways of being able to you know express yourself in different ways through characters and. It's all storytelling. I love it. I love it so much.
1: It's wonderful. And, uh, Daryl, how did you get started with Dungeons & Dragons? When when did you start playing tabletop role-playing?
2: Well, I sta- Well, uh, so I started playing in sort of early teens, um, but I was exposed to it from oh, probably about six or so, because my uncle used to have all the first edition stuff.
0: Which uncle was um,
2: it? Uncle Phil. Ah! Yeah, Good old Uncle Phil. Yeah. So Uncle Phil had all this... Um, yeah, stuff of um, all these first edition stuff of that, and you he, he sort of flick through all the, the bits and look at all the funky artwork and um, all those sort of classic um, early module stuff that he had. You know, some of those uh, ones from it. So um, yeah, the classic keep and um, uh, yeah, some of the ones out of. I think he had a couple of Ravenloft ones as well, if I remember. Was, I think it was Ravenloft? It was his one. His jam. I can't remember right now. Did
0: he still have like a complete first edition set?
2: he had the original three books yeah. uh, so he had the, the core set yeah. like, books from those so yeah so he had all those ones and um even at that stage he hadn't really used them for a while at that point but it was still you know they were there on a shelf and, and i looked around through them and that um and he took me through how to sort of like you know make up a character and that sort of thing with it all so i, I made up some I don't know, um made up some bits and pieces and stuff with that when i was younger but never got to sort of play anything um just because, yeah, I was like the the oldest of the kids in my family, and my uncle was the only one who was sort of like into any of that sort of stuff. So it wasn't like any sort of yeah. You know, I mean, I guess we could have done a one-on-one thing out of it all, but that never came up as an option. Um, plus, at that stage, I was more interested. It was just as interested to sit there and play on his Commodore Amiga and. You know, play all the like you know, original star wars games and stuff like that oh it was cool you know? so fancy watching that little speeder bike go through the thing and yeah. anyway <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah so it, was, it wasn't until um sort of early high school um and there's a core group of my friends who um four of us um still hang out to this day we all met up in like year seven um, so you yeah, know we're, we're like thirteen and that and yeah we all still hang out to this point so I'm extremely lucky in that front um because yeah now I'm forty and yeah we still catch up and everything with it um but yeah, we started playing uh what was uh, second year at the time and well, what, what they kind of end up in in two point five for a little bit um where they end up sort of splitting the um, the stats down the middle. So you had that little one point shift either way sort of thing with it all of you them. Know, yes. I can't remember what the hell they call that one now. But yeah. Um, we had we, we played a little bit of that for it. And then um we tried a couple of other different systems and everything and then third it came out. Um and then into three point five. Um, and that was out of our that was our big broach into everything with it. So we ended up with pretty much every damn book that between the four of us we had everything. Um, and a couple of just you know had all of it over again so between all of us we had everything and most of us had most of it sort of thing over the run of it um and yeah we got just fully immersed and you know just playing character and campaign after campaign and um yeah, that was, that was sort of the foundation point for most of our one for it, for being If you can
0: and, hear anything of patting, it's a dog. Yeah. It's right next to the cat. <laughs> I might put it, I might put it online so you can see yeah. it's a beautiful boy just taking all of the attention.
2: He's been a little bit good at it, just like yes. You know, on Come on, buddy. Come.
1: Now, Daryl, you're uh, keeping up the family tradition. Now you're the Uncle Daryl who's introducing role playing games to, uh, is it your niece, your nephew?
2: Yeah, yeah. So my, well, I've got two nieces and two nephews, um, but the, the, the oldest niece is four. Um, and yeah, so uh, she's still you know a, a little bit young for being able to roleplay in that, but it's one that I'm ho- I'm hoping to get to it. But I'm I'm seeding the ground with uh, with board games and everything all the different sort of tabletop stuff you can do. Um, so yeah, uh, a friend of mine, Ivan uh, Van Millman, um, wrote a book called The ABCs of RPGs, which became ABCs of D&D. Um, and I um, got a copy of that one for her when she was younger. And my sister being a bit of a gamer as well. Um, she, you know, happily read that one along to my uh, niece and stuff when she was little. So, um, yeah, she got to have the approach of, you know, different, you know, um, all the lettering and stuff and and very capably. It was always for Albert, so it was a very really good thing. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, <laughs> but we do like finding board games for her that are, are very much in that kind of
2: story-based. story-based yeah.
0: um, and know, she loves that too. It's yeah. Like she's...
2: Um, She's very she's very sort of eclectic in in her wording um, of stuff, and it's just yeah, it's it's a really hilarious just to see where her brain works and and comes up with different things for it all. And um, yeah, I, I, when it gets to the point of being able to actually do RPGs and stuff with her, I'm, I'm yeah, I'm so looking forward to that time.
0: I can't wait yeah. for that too. Because she's got a really um, she's got a really clever mind for sequences mm. and and understanding patterns, and so I feel like she's going to be one of those role players that's that's so diligent like with all of their stats and managers to you know the you know the players that that, like like (laughs) Rowan our friend Rowan in the in in the core high school group uh, of his friends you know he's you know he he has everything mapped out really carefully and he has everything
2: but it's all in his head (laughs) but but it is also all in his head too so
0: I can totally see her being that kind of kind of gamer one day and I'm, i can't wait for it she's gonna be yeah. fantastic
2: she's already protective of her dice so it's oh, she's protected.
0: so protective of her yeah. dice
2: so there's dice in the game it's like they're all brought
1: right up next and to you and then her if it's your turn to play yeah
0: like you have to remind her you know mac can, we,
1: can so I, have I, have I have the dice, dice? <laughs> <laughs> oh all, all four years old already a dice hoarder that's a wonderful sign yeah, and on. um <laughs> and I started my children. I have three children. They're now 14, 13 and, uh, and 11 and they're real close together. And I started them off very early. Uh, it actually started with bedtime stories that became interactive and they could kind of, uh, choose what happened to the people in the stories. Then we made our way to the table, but, uh, Back then, I just had to take 3.5, and I had to take Pathfinder and things like that, and I had to uh, water it down. But now, there's so many options. Um, right there in Melbourne, Australia, is Justin Holliday, who makes Hero Kids RPG, uh, which is geared towards uh, uh, children your niece's age. Um, and also, Amazing Tales is kind of a free-form RPG. And now there's dozens more. And and uh, Wizards of the Coast has just come out with the Young Adventurers Guides. Um, so, all of those things are, are there available which are tools I wish I had ten years ago. Um, Although but, I think
0: your methods are pretty cool, right? <laughs> I think that's a really cool way of like getting getting kids to just start thinking about the idea that they can influence a story, and and it's actually quite. Oh, I'm gonna put I'm gonna put on my, my extra clever cap. But it's but it's it's also a way for you to teach them, I guess, that they can take ownership of themselves too, right? You know. That, yes if everything that happens in our life is some kind of story and we get to choose whether we want to be the hero or the victim or the the villain even. Um, so I think it's a really cool way to, to, to also instill in them a sense of resilience and of, Hey, I don't like how this story is going. Okay. Well, how would I change it?
1: Very much so. And that uh, it's definitely has an empowering effect uh, for all players, um, but especially children. And so Jessica, I wanted to ask you now I know a lot of actors who started off as gamers, but you were an actor who came into gaming. Now how do you how how do you feel like that was different for you?
0: Ah oh good question. Uh I guess I guess when you're an actor first, you you you're relying on the story that's being conveyed to you by the writer and then the way that the director wants to translate that. So you've always got uh you know your own take on something and your own spin on something and it's and it's quite um you know you know you you're in a you're in an emotional place no matter whether you're doing a comedy or a drama or or whatever kind of genre you you're you're always li- trying to live authentically in the emotions of the character which is effectively you when you're in that particular story. And so I guess going into role-playing, having done that first as opposed to role-playing first and then going into acting, I found it really kind of interesting that instead of having a script to go by, it was sort of more like doing improvisation, but at the same time you might not have a set of, you know you might not have dialogue in front of you but you do have a character sheet that helps to determine the way something might work and so i I remember really early on in one of the campaigns we did i decided i wanted to play a monk because i i uh did taekwondo as a teenager and as an early adult and um as as a young adult i should say and um and i really love i love martial arts and so you know, after my ranger and, and that campaign, you know, finished, uh, I went, no, I want to play monk next. This is going to be really great because then I can get my, 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 my taekwondo head and it'll be fantastic. But at the time that we started playing, I, I said to, you know, Andrew, no, my monk will always try to find a non-violent way to get through something before a violent way. And I remember we were on a, you know, on a path to, to find something. And I think was it, it was some kind of what like like or, or women or something on the path do you remember albert no? there was there was some kind of creature on the path and it was quite a tough creature and the guys are like all right well yeah i guess you know we're about to go into combat oh yeah and, was, and I, my character was like no no we're going around we're going around because this creature's done nothing to us and we don't have to do anything to this creature i was all up on my 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 monk's high horse of you know of, you know we, we we go down the nonviolent path first whenever we can and we did we circled all the way around this creature before we continued on but then after a little while i feel like i just got lazy with that kind of mentality and my mom just turned into oh, all right well we're in to fight i'm gonna get my fists out um so, so it's it's kind of um.
2: I think it was it's, the point when you realized you could actually jump high enough to keep flying things. Yeah, so that was probably yeah, the point when that was weird.
0: And, like, and and the, the thing about D and D too is like when you get when you get really good at certain combat maneuvers, you get really just psyched to want to use them. And so I, I kind of. The, the the gamer in me kind of then went <laughs> went past the character intention I had originally set for myself. Because I just got so into the idea of oh look at these of Florida's I'm so cool. Look at me do it again.
2: I think the crouching tiger hidden dragon coming out at the time was probably also a bad influence. <laughs> oh yeah quite possibly um,
0: <laughs> so so yeah it's kind of interesting because I feel like the active part of me did influence the way I would have character interactions within a role-playing session um but but then but then it kind of at times got overtaken by the 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 gamer in me that was just like oh this is really cool and I want to do this so it's it's very I do think it is different in some respects but I also think um there's no right or wrong way to transition from one to the other or do both because um it's really cool to be able to be an actor and to play in a role-playing game and to and to to have a different experience than what you might normally have on a set, because you really do get to just use your imagination and let it run. Um, you know, obviously within the confines of what your DM will allow you to do. I mean,
2: mm-hmm. for the like from the outsider's point of view on it all, like you know, seeing yeah, seeing. I want to or... know.
0: Tell tell me how you felt knowing that I was an actor going into well, just, a role playing game. Like, what 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 was
2: it? It just yeah. made you like you were more fearless. Because it, mm-hmm. it was just like you went in there like most people when they start up um you know dv or anything the role playing side of it is probably the bit where it's like do i put on the voice do i go and how much do i go and put through for it you were just sort of like in there you know it's just like you know this is my character this is who i am this is where i'm embodying it this is not you you weren't measuring it it was more the fact of just like how many do i have to roll for that you know and do i have a stat for that you know, that sort of thing, and that was as you know, far as that sort of you know. You had that sort of angle going into the rock.
0: That's true because normally at the table, the guys weren't very much into you know. I'm going to put on a voice, or I'm going to, except for Andrew as a DM. I did like that he would, and to be fair, you know, he's not he's not putting on like big voices, but he would change his voice, and he would change his mannerisms, and he would change, mm-hmm. um, you know, the tone like the the rhythm of his voice to portray different characters and I to be honest I think that's what the thing that I also loved the most was the times where I got to interact with Andrew as my character knowing that he wasn't being Andrew anymore he was being whichever NPC we're encountering.
1: So Daryl when uh, Jessica sat down at the table said Mm -hmm. I've never played this before what am I doing I got the special dice with the dots in them (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> and, and you've got uh, you, you've got your 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 mates from back in school all around the table, and they're like, oh, oh, "Okay, we're going to help her out," and. All of a sudden, she sits down and she's putting on voices, and she knows what she's what the character's direction is, and and, and, and she's all 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 in her alignments, feelings, and things like that. Right? So oh, yeah. Uh, so, uh, Daryl, what was uh, you you shared with us your impression that she was able to just jump right in and get right over that hurdle that gamers have of ooh, uh, do I do I really want to uh, uh, do I really want to get into character and how much into character should I get? Uh, well, can you share with us what the guys thought when uh, did they share with you what, what they thought about her first initial jumping into the game? Oh my God, this makes
0: me feel really vulnerable.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, no, that, that, say only nice things. Only nice things. Yeah, like <laughs> the, the guys I've met no for like they're all really top likes. And it's just, Are you sure
0: Tristan you know, didn't have
2: like the would have of the one. Of he would have been the one out of him, but the Tristan likes time, things to be just so. <laughs> and there's nothing
0: wrong with that no. at all.
2: Yeah, you know, but at the time that this was all going on with it, like we've had a, uh, we, our group had exploded out at different times with extra people and that. And, um, while we we're all in, in university and, and you know, college sort of thing from it, um, uh, we had, Tristan moved out and had different housemates and things, so the, the, the gaming group had, you know, where we started off pretty much primarily just at Andrew's place, you know, sitting around the dining room table there, Um, As we got older and moved out and and went to wherever else we went from it, um, Tristan's place was the the first place where we sort of... um, He he had a a larger sort of share house sort of thing and it gave us more options to be able to sort of come in game as long as we needed to and, you know, for as often as we wanted and all that sort of stuff. So um, that was where we probably became a little more obsessive with, you know, role-playing and and tabletop gaming. Well, you had had like a
0: dedicated space that felt like it was not just someone else's house. It it felt like this is where we go to do the thing.
2: Yeah. Um so yeah, so his two housemates um that were there as well got into um that whole side of things as well. So um yeah and one of them was very much from a sort of um yeah like a television acting he didn't do so much acting but he had enough of that sort but of I thing with it also, yeah. I was uh, actually so. gonna
0: say I, 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 it really wouldn't surprise me to know just how much Tristan may or may not have hesitated having me join the table, based on the stories you guys told me about other Stephens <laughs> clumsiness <laughs> and the things that he did.
2: Yeah, <laughs> he did <laughs> all sorts of things. <laughs> so yeah, so Tristan
0: did he Dr- Dr- is- like, like trash a map or? or- character sheets or something at one point. Like, I remember something being knocked or spilled that you guys told something,
2: me about. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so was, but, yeah, so yeah. it was like, we, we had other people, the group had expand out and stuff. So we had a, a very large, um, sort of diverse difference of, you know, styles of role-playing and everything um, by the point that, well, well, you know, we experienced a lot of different sort of ideals and things before mm-hmm. Jess had come on. And, and to be, be
0: fair, fair, just before the campaign started, you guys were playing Blood Bowl and I was trying to play Blood Bowl and I was doing terribly <laughs> like like there's 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 those rolls in Blood Bowl where you have two dice and you get to choose the better one and I'd be playing against Steve and I'd roll die and I go okay so this one's one die my choice instead of two dies my choice and he'd be like yes because it was one die and of course whatever that says goes, it's yeah. not your choice. Yeah. He's clearly it's thinking that. What it is. But I'm, I'm trying to like keep track of things because I'm getting met and like massively confused. So I can understand potential hesitation of that, oh, and now you want to bring her to a game where there's like a sheet that actually has a whole bunch of numbers and things on it that she has to keep track of. Like can she, can she? And not that I'm stupid or anything, but it's 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 all learning new, new like rule sets yeah. and, and what you can and can't do
2: type thing. Yeah. Uh, but no like they were all very much sort of open to the, oh, totally. the, the side of things at all and yeah like it's you know continued on long past that point out of it um yeah I mean the last in more recent times we haven't got to um both get out to the the table at the same time for a lot of it um but yeah like what we have been out of it's always still and we've done a couple of little um, online things with it and different games with other people we've been on holidays and that sort of thing which has always helped but um yeah, no, it's, it's never been a, a problem That you know, so sort of you know seeing just sort of pick up and it's something new and, and run with it and just sort of yeah, have the fun of roleplaying as a So yeah.
0: Our dog is so upset right now because I think he wants to have a cuddle with me he can't <laughs> because there's a microphone between us. He just keeps giving me the biggest Big sad
2: eyes just Oh stormy.
0: <laughs> Come up here. Come on. Lean over and I'll give you a pat. How about that? Come on.
1: You mix up, you anyway, <laughs> now have you guys <laughs> continued uh, with three point five, or have you moved on to fifth edition Dungeons and Dragons now?
2: We've got fifth. We, we skipped completely over before. Um, I of, feel like know, Andrew
0: tried it or something, or he got the he got the. the, the I think he. I think. From, and my memory could be really wrong here, but I feel like there was a beta test or something that was happening just before 4 came out and there was a downloadable PDF you could get
2: of... No, you're thinking of 5 and that was what I remember.
0: No, 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 no. Because, because I remember you guys complaining that it felt too much then like it was turning into just a miniatures game as opposed to yeah, maybe it was actual cool, but... role playing. Because yeah. Andrew was going through it and he shared, he shared the PDF with us and I just remember the cons- general consensus being oh no we don't, want to, we don't want to play a miniatures game necessarily like cause we would we've use, got miniatures games and we would
2: use yeah we
0: would use maps and things like that but 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 yeah the other games that you guys would play you know with miniatures were the miniatures games the D to us was more freeform yeah. yeah and and i think having the the constraints of what what ford did was just not quite um you know what you guys enjoyed yeah. playing and i and i i could sit you know being new to it i could understand why you were all so
2: well it's also know. that we were just so invested in 3.5 as well like we had bought all oh the my stuff God. we knew all the materials you could build, a, could build and...
0: a cubby house with those books oh, yeah. you have so <laughs> many books that you can just staple <laughs> them together yeah. and be like this is our fort of 3.5 yeah. marvel wow. at <laughs>
2: no, it but that was like yeah we were invested enough in 3.5 but that, that was the that sort of became through it so we sort of skipped over for um I did do a lot of other people who did play for, but you yeah, know, that was thing. With, and then when five um went into that early um sort of uh, yeah, trial app sort of materials where they, they got people to um you yeah, know trial different rule sets and everything and they had the um uh the Borderland cake I'm now mentally blocking the name of the, the classic module. I should know off my top of my head. Um, but yeah, there's the like people on the Borderlands. That's yes, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, and they had that variation of it um, the way through it. Now, I just, that was my sort of point where I went, I could tip my. So into the water of, you know, DMing and see how that goes it, and watch them all promptly die at the Hands of the Medusa. Um, <laughs> oh, my God, I remember that. Was, that. Yeah, that was shocking. Um, so, yeah, uh, the, that very first... Um, I think I played in that you game. Did, you did. Uh, so, yeah, it was, um, it was very much a... Um, <laughs> oh, I
0: remember now. <laughs> um, Oh. Yeah,
2: that, that, that very first sort of packet that came out of it um, had a lot more of that... Um, first and second edition mentality of like is the save or die Uh, so it's just like which is one aspect that i like i appreciate but at the same time it's like I, I, I don't want that. <laughs> Something yeah. So, so Daryl, are,
1: are you saying that your first time dungeon mastering ended in a TPK, a total party Complete kill?
2: Complete. Well, sorry, it was it wasn't quite TPK. One person ran away. <laughs> 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 Hang on a minute. Was that Tristan? I can't remember who it was. Now. I feel like <laughs> it was Tristan or Rowan. One of them. Yeah. I can't remember. Somebody did think of it. But yeah, the the whole point was there was a. A prisoner that was sort of locked up with it all. And, that's yeah. right. So, there was and no way I could sort of like, see to yeah, get them out of it. It was
0: like a rescue mission and then we all just...
2: No, st- no, you just sort of stumbled upon it. She was just...
0: Oh, no, that's right. Yeah. We thought there was something that we needed to do and then... We- yeah, yeah, we saw her and then we all just kind of... Yeah, because
2: there were so many entrances into that area, it was like I couldn't quite prepare to where they were going to go in for it or anything. And, mm-hmm. and oh, I remember and yeah, we kind of so we just ended sort of up like, taking an inadvertent yeah.
0: shortcut. Yeah. Like, there
2: those 10 and, entrances or so and they went, like, let's go for this one. And I went, okay. And then they went past a couple of goblin yeah. guards or whatever it was and took <laughs> them out. And then, yeah, there's this prisoner with their so face he- covered going, you know, oh, can you help so me? Can you just- help me out? And opened it, and she went, blah, and they died. The wonderful, about,
0: <laughs> the wonderful thing about both role-playing and being you know, an actor in film and TV is there are certain moments that really bring you back the emotion that you felt at the time that you did the thing and I, the, the, just having like this massive wave of disappointment flood back into me
2: <laughs> remembering <laughs> just this is why I we don't we screwed D&d. up that story
0: <laughs> oh my god we screwed that so bad
2: <laughs> I, still have, I still have aspirations of DMing again <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's, not, it's not high on my list of it all and especially when I know so many people who are good at it um, you know, it's far better suited to it that I'm so sort of like, maybe I'll just sort of write up my characters and that them be my story. And
0: you don't want to, like you feel spoiled when, when you have a really good DM. And I think that colors you when it comes to, c- comes to you as, as a player going, do I want to transition into, into something like DMing? I remember And and this would have been when I was maybe 16. So you've just actually triggered a memory in me that that has made me go, okay, well, technically the first time I did play D&D was with you guys, but technically the first time I ever role played
2: Um, properly
0: was when a group of people, our friends I knew that lived near me, wanted to play Vampire the Masquerade. And I had the books from my... um, one of my mum's uh terrible choices in partners and it's fine it, there's only been two of them and um I had Vampire the Masquerade and Werewolf and I really love Vampire the Masquerade for its artwork and stuff and and my friend said to me oh do you want to do you want to run a game for us because we'd love to see how it goes and I had no aspirations to 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 run a game but I went okay yeah sure let's see what happens and I kind of made it up as I went because I at the time didn't really want to do it so I didn't want to plan anything which is horrible horrible I should have planned some sort of story I think I kind of came up with something on the fly that worked but I remember as time went on throughout that game I just kept getting more and more frustrated with the decisions that they were making. And by the end of the game, they were like, oh my God, that was really fun. Yeah, we had such a good time. But I was sitting there thinking to myself, that was horrible. I had no control over what they were doing. I don't like this sensation. I don't think I want to run any more games. So... I
2: feel like you're wandering into the plot of games too. Quite possibly, yeah. <laughs> Why, why won't they do the, thing they they do the things they- that I wanted to
0: do? <laughs> I have this memory of them trying to attack two people While one of them was by a car and the way that they did it, I described it as though they were punching one guy with their left hand and kicking one guy with their right leg. Like there was some sort of weird X shape, which they thought was really cool. But at the time I was like, that's so dumb. Oh my God, that just sounds so (laughs) stupid and dumb. Why would you allow them to do something like that? So I, I have a feeling like I might not. I mean, it could have been me as a teenager. I don't know if I'm the kind of person that I think should DM because I think trying to wrangle a bunch of things is a bit much, but I do enjoy it as a player. And I think he did a good job as DM. We just really sucked as players for <laughs> you. <laughs> well, in,
1: they don't in, go back. in all fairness, a uh, Medusa-like trap, it's really hard to come away, walk away from. Yeah, um, <laughs> it wasn't what I expected in the module. That's for <laughs> And that, and that's kind of that's kind of the problem when you're when you're running a book mission is you don't know. Uh, you can read through it, but sometimes you get surprised by what's around the corner. Because, like you said, you couldn't prepare for the twenty different entrances. Um, that was probably the caves of chaos, and it's like they're called the caves of chaos. I mean, there's so much stuff going on. Um, yeah. the, and, that, and that's amazing. Now, I, uh, I also played uh, Vampire the Masquerade uh, back in high school. And I was a big fan of a television series that probably nobody remembers. It was called uh, Nick Knight. And it was night spelt with a K and it was about of
2: course. It was. Uh, of course right. <laughs> and it was,
1: uh, and it was about a, a, cop who was a vampire and he wants to, this. Re, it, <laughs> it's, it's, it? it's bringing some memories back. Right. And he's try, <laughs> yeah. He's trying to regain his humanity. And this is kind of pre, uh, vampire the masquerade. So I, I said, okay, I'll run vampire the masquerade uh, for some buddies. And I was like, okay, you're all going to be these vampires, and you're going to try and be heroes. and You're trying to hold your man. An hour in, they're just killing people. They're killing other <laughs> vampires. They're full on murder hoboing as vampires. <laughs> and you know, I was like, I, I got, I got better at at the world of darkness. But, but yes, that that was my first my first encounter yeah. with Vampire the Masquerade. Was I, I thought we were going to have this great episode of Nick Knight. Um, and instead, instead it's murder hobos, vampire edition. Um, and you, so. and you
0: know what, I think that like teenage boys, you know, in particular, you know, uh, uh, this is going to sound terrible because it's going to sound super assumptive, but I, w- I just think, you know, when, when you think about the hormones that run around you at those ages, right? <laughs> Of course, you're going to want to go and smack things around. Um, and that's probably why D&D is probably better for that kind of age group in some respect if you, don't, if you don't want to try and play a Vampire the Masquerade game with some seriousness and then some heroics as opposed to just like, let's just kill things. Um,
2: yeah. Kick in the door, smack yeah. the monster, grab the treasure. But, yeah. but I think also, you know,
0: I, I think about the amount of, um, you know, teenage girls we could have saved by introducing them to Vampire the Masquerade instead of Twilight, I think they might have had a better time.
2: <laughs> I don't know, like, I'm going back to the whole Nick Knight thing over, like, having seen some of those sort of 80s vampire things, I remember some of that stuff being so much better than what it actually is, like, um, Oh, of you know, course. Well, no, But I just thought it was like, you, you go, oh, it could have been as great as this, it's like, that wasn't a good thing to set the bar out of here, you <laughs> <laughs> that you can is really good like, let's, let's just go to the the before oh, with nick knight that like uh, kindred be embraced was another one that was yeah! shortly followed over i remember thinking that was the best thing ever and the the, the um uh what was the clan the um i don't remember it was the monstrous sort of clan started the, the Nasratu. Was it an Oscar was it? Oh, for yeah. some reason I had in my head as a D-Stan one. Um, but, yeah, so it was like, that was the cool looking ones. You're like, oh, you want to be them, but then you don't want to be them because then you can't go out, and you're like, oh, we will be the, you know, whatever it is from it. Um, and, yeah, we're like, we like, we toyed around. Like, I never actually got to play sort of um, uh, Vampire in the Masquerade, but I, I, I toyed around with the idea of it at times
1: daryl for the for my listeners who aren't familiar with your amazing Twitter commentaries, how is it that you became the tabletop owl bear what's what's the story behind that name anyway? Uh, that so so basically
0: one. it's like Highlander there can be only one So you <laughs> had to go out and find the original uh, tabletop owl bear and slaughter him yeah. um, and then and then take pluck the feathers to to, 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 like, put into his own body like a weird kind of hair transplant situation. <laughs> um, and uh, that's how it happened, really. You're
2: terrifying. <laughs> that's great. joke. Uh, I was say
0: something about killing a platypus so you can take the bear. No, thing it, no, that's, that's, even that's worse. weird. That's
2: horrible because yeah. I don't want to think about it. Platypus bear is a whole platypus other thing. Is a <laughs> thing. <laughs> it's so wonderful. You're so cute. No, so it's, um, it basically started off as a – it was just going to be a single-day joke of all things. It was um, you know, the uh, tabletop, the show with Bill Wheaton um, was going along uh, happily. You know, they decided to do the, after the first season into the second season, they, did, uh, they announced having International Tabletop Day, which, you know, sort of uh, coincided with the, the launch of the program and, um, you know, year on. So um, it was the very first International Tabletop yeah, Day. so first International Tabletop Day. And it was sort of like um, one of the episodes that just sort of, um had a heartfelt pizza <laughs> to me i always the one that's about whats well, water date you know because one being you know, uh, you know it's an amazing game in of itself but it was you know all set within favoring and i you know it was a, a you know kind of a, i love that sort of stuff out all but While well. i never really got to to play in Fairin as a, as an uh, as a role player until after the fact um we i'd read a lot of the books and everything that have been theizations you know, and stuff that had come out from it all and and. Um, I was a massive fan of the, like, the Baldur's Gate series and everything. Uh, Men's can boo forever, like right or die for Men's uh, <laughs> <laughs> Um So yeah, so lots and comes out. Uh, that episode's amazing, and it just it keeps pushing through. owlbears and Alberts, like from Doc, there was two monsters that always just spoke to me through B and D. One of them is the Albert. The other one is the flop. You know, it's like oh, I'm here for the underdogs, guys. Uh, <laughs> so. I'm sitting there like you know the first tabletop game's coming around. I'm like, oh, like, wouldn't it be funny if like you know while everyone's all gaming and everything from it all, what if I just like cosplayed an Albert and you know decided i um, just just you know play these games throughout the day and we can take some silly video and it'll be a laugh because um, we every tabletop we've we've had. But we've just opened up our house so that everybody, um, all of our That's, friends and what's stuff. What's
0: the maximum amount of guests we've had in here on a tablecloth day? At, at like one time,
2: it, I think we clocked over thirty. Um, yeah. And then, but at, like for the but, entire but like, day, like at, it was edgy, like, at any
0: one moment, there was, like at one particular moment that day, there was at least there it was,
2: was more it was than a,
0: thirty people yeah. in the house on eight or nine different tables, and then. Yeah. But then I think like in total, in people total, come we and go.
2: go out, it would it have been 40. 40, yeah. yeah. So yeah, it was a big, it was big days not know. Um, so yeah, it so for a joke, loud. oh yeah, guess so. <laughs> <Yes>. uh, <laughs> so for a joke, I went down and I'm like, I am like, "All right, well, I could put together this little costume out of all, but what would I need to do?" Um, I and you told on, me, and I'm going, "Okay,
0: okay yeah. like, like, what are
2: you <laughs> thinking about for this costume?" no, yeah. yeah, well, money's tight, but uh, yeah, can I go and uh, <laughs> hire a suit, like, a, you know, an animal suit thing from the costume place, and buy a an owl rubber mask and you yeah, I'll just do this for the day. And it's like, yeah, yeah okay, yeah, honey, you, I do, do, you do you. I, I do remember <laughs> saying
0: to you, like, you know, I, I fully support you wanting to do this, but you do realise that you're going to get really sweaty very fast. Yeah, well, it was, it was, was a Was it lot of, a lion?
2: Yeah, it was, like a, a, it was like a, a lion suit. So, yeah. suit. So
0: it's just kind of like a furry like
2: baggy bodysuit and it had a tail yeah it had a tail so i had to tuck that into the the pants (laughs) of the thing these outfits don't have a tail like that it's not Uh, (laughs) odd. so yeah so here's me uh it's what's here is it would have been sort of late autumn fall so you you know getting in towards winter that it's still reasonably warm um but also the house had like, like you know we had all these people in here, so the heat was right up as it yeah. <laughs> was anyway. Um, so yeah, and I'm sitting here wearing a rubber mask, which then added more to the heat. Um, with this, you know, because that was the only way you could get an outline out of it, which you painted, um, I think. Yeah, right? I painted you you to match the it. color you the, uh, it and of the You suit. wanted it to, yeah, you didn't
0: yeah. want it to look <laughs> completely out of place <laughs> yeah. on the body of the lion's suit. <laughs> yeah,
2: so it's like the, the going to go and get the suit itself was great because like going in there, it's like I would like to try on that animal thing. It's like, what do you want? I'm like. Whatever one fits, because you know I'm six foot three, reasonably built. So I think it was just sort of like, all right, trying to find anything that actually just fit me in the costume store was hilarious. Uh, So it it basically came down to there was one option that was it. This was this line that was in a two piece thing, and um, they they had a bear, and it was like, oh yeah, this will be fine. Yeah, it'll be great. I put the thing on. I couldn't actually stand up. Uh, It was like the, the shoulders to feet part of it was so constrained that i was sort of like and hey, no, i managed to get like some sort of hunchback thing that one's not going to work let's take that off and get the other one um yeah so that, the line one i used a little bit of my model paints and stuff yeah, hang they, up the bars and you
0: skip skipped you skip oh. over the part where i'm pretty sure that oh yeah and they, said, no, I
2: like, the they said you want the head no i said is there any chance i can hide this without the head would that save me anything they're like you want it without the head and i'm like uh, trying to explain them to was like, it, you know, like, do I go into the whole thing of like trying to explain what now there is to this clearly confused younger lady in the, in the store? that I was sort of like, no, I am just like, look, it's it's kind of like, you know, hey, you have centaurs, you have a half creature, half creature, I've got the head for another animal, I'm like, putting up this. They're like, okay, yeah, yeah, heads <laughs> like, I've saved money, awesome. Uh, <laughs> so i come back home oh yeah you happy was stuff so over.
0: proud and so yeah. excited and i was so like happy and nervous for you <laughs> at yeah. the
2: same time so, so all this is sort of very much right like all of the, the last couple of days leading up to, to the tabletop day um i sit there and i'm painting this you know the mask and stuff with the bottle paints and stuff just to, you know watching over it and give it a at least a matching sort the of thing to it tell it to like, yeah. the match up with it um, i'm doing this on the day of the thing which is when i'm sort of like that was the point where i could actually pick up the suit and you know they go oh hang on a minute this doesn't match uh so it's like early morning on that one and fixing this up while we're setting up tables all through the house and everything because we had tables i borrowed from work and chairs i borrowed from work which is like um uh taking like three car trips or whatever to bring all this stuff back to our house to go and fit everything in for the weekend um and so, yeah, we've done all this, everything's all set up, it's all good to go. We get a bit of the way into the thing and I've sort of decided, oh, we'll just, you know, we've got the, the, the whole party, everything's going. I've gone off to the bedroom, gone and got myself changed, walked out into the thing and just sort of got, you know, had this massive laugh with everyone else are going around with it. So we proceeded to um, take photos with different games and... Because um, I, I was
0: recording footage too from yeah, the Yeah, because pre- yeah, yeah, I wanted to make a vlog about, about the day because... Technically, you know, being ahead of the US, you know, we were we were in the first kind of group of time zones that got to actually celebrate yeah. International Tabletop Day.
2: And- yeah, well, New Zealand's the only one before us. So yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so we're doing all this stuff. We're picking up photos and everything. And we're throwing everything up on the Twitter, on this account that I made up for it, thinking, you know, this will be this one day, that'll be it. It'll be great. And so I'm sitting that you know, we're taking a few photos so I'm thinking, my phone's, uh-oh. like, I've not done much with Twitter at this stage. I have done a little bit of it, but it'll be fine. So I throw up the things and I'm tagging the, you know, tabletop day and, and Will into the things. And piece. you're tagging
0: and the designers, I think, as well. The yeah, tag, the tagging team. the designers of yeah. the games
2: and playing and everything with it. And I'm way through a game with Lords of Waterdeep. Like, we're taking the photos and everything from it and at times I've had to take off the head because I didn't want to die. Uh, <laughs> and um, we sit there and we're the game and my phone is just like... just moving itself around the table and I'm like, what the hell is going on with this? Not knowing the fact that yeah, if you leave notifications on Twitter and something blows up, it just keeps moving. Uh, and so his whole like timeline just going. Oh my God, retweeting you know stuff up from it all and just you know all these silly photos of being with the you know. Um, uh, domesticating our bear card and holding that up and um, doing a little quick video of, we had tipped the jack and so I'm sitting there blindly trying to like hit the little trees with the axe oh my god I remember
0: that
2: uh, I can't see <laughs> I can't see uh, and it's just kind of and so like trying to speaking so see how it goes just, like everything that you should be able to do about that game I couldn't do and so like. <laughs> Uh, um, so yes, that was great. This, all this little footage and stuff we took and, and videos and everything, we're, we're sticking little bits and pieces up on there, and I'm writing back to some people with uh, that as I go throughout the day. And it's just a great laugh. Um, we we wrap here at about three in the morning or something stupid. Yeah, the, I like, always get me. really late. Yeah. Uh, the last people sort of leave and we we've laying down everything from it. And I'm sort of sitting there going, just buzzing, you know, on a massive high from the whole day just because I love, you know, tabletop it's games. It's your favourite
0: day of the year. Exactly.
2: Uh, and I'm sitting there just going through the phone and that and just the amount of people that got in behind it and there's just all this positivity and all this wonderful excitement and everything. There's there's people who are guests on tabletop writing back to it all and, Um, you know different designers they're sharing stuff and it's all going around from it and it was at that point I realised how much of a community there actually is within sort of the you know between RPGs and uh, tabletop gaming and everything and how much of that all comes together um, and how much of a you know an interwoven group where so many industries aren't you know they're very competitive and everything from it where with tabletop and RPG and everything it's it's competitive but it's there's this sort of kinship and an embrace between all of it that uh, doesn't seem to exist really within most other industries. And so you've got everyone else. I guess so many of them are just like, you know, some of these publication companies and everything are like two or three people. Um, and that's all there is. You know, this is like the whole company is like these couple of people. And so they make friends and they've got through for it. And so the essentially the companies are friends with each other as well. And so you sort of sit there and go, oh, hang on a minute. This is actually just this wonderful thing from it and all the fans of the show and that are all writing up from it um and it just kept going and of course then it becomes because of the time zone and everything is now popped into tabletop day for everyone else and so i'm sitting there going around the house just sitting around the house and they did a live stream on there and i'm writing stuff for you know, as the owlbear and everything from it, and it just becomes this persona. So like, I took a little bit of as I was riding around with it originally, but then it just sort of kept going. Um, and so I'm, like, joking around with people, and we're doing all the little bits from it all, and someone's making some comment about something you've seen in the background of it, and then I'm looking across going, well, I've still got the suit. So, and so I'm like, you know, I've got it all high for a couple of days, you know, still, and I'm like, oh, well, what the hell? So I've like thrown it on. I've then put on a lion shirt on over the top of it, which is kind of my usual dress and the thing out of a little bit. But I'm really going to own it now. It's just like, oh, you're just chilling back. And so I was taking silly little photos of just like, you know, a cocktail, you know, watching back with everyone else and, you know, showing up different little things from it. And it just sort of continually spiraled. And then it just kept going. Like people just kept writing to me and like tagging on different things they were doing the next day or the next weekend. I'm like, And I had my own Twitter and everything from it. And I just sort of went, no, that one's not as interesting anymore. Just ditch my own thing from it. And like, I'll just live out this character and and, which was essentially me anyway. So, uh, yeah, it was just, it became this old way of being able to just reach out, connect with this huge positive community, and then be able to throw my own stuff into it. yeah, so that was sort of where it all started and then just sort of continually snowballed with, you know, that sort of positivity, me making up my silly little artwork and, and putting that up onto um, Twitter as well. So I'd make up little things inspired by the different board games as they came out on tabletop. And so you're know, just seeing how many places you can put an out there into whatever game you've got from it and, you know, spiraling more and more stuff from there. So there's probably about 20, 30 different images. I think I've got now hour of different board games where the, you know, that were on tabletop that have just had their own outbearing into it in one way or another. Um, and yeah, so from that it's just led on to such a weird ride of different events that I could not like it's it's hard to even work out where it actually even started and, and ended now. It's you know I finally got to do the the dream of going across to Gen Con, which um was such a, a big like I've read so much stuff through that to the Lynn comic and uh dragon magazine and, and all these sorts of things about seeing all these places in the states and by weird chance of, i entered in this little competition bit through calliope games and won uh two tickets for to go to gen con i'd mm-hmm. like, like to point out how wow. funny
0: it is yeah. because uh, imagine like getting a chance to win two tickets <clears> to <throat> gen con that's pretty cool but also then you you know for us being in Australia it was just kind of like
2: well how, how do, we this, do we get
0: there <laughs> easy exercise no. like the thing it's awesome but then how does how do we do the thing yes. and I remember you turning to me at one point and saying oh look they've said you know if, you know because of where we live and how far it is like I could I could get board games instead and I, I think I might just do that and I remember kind of sitting you down and saying hang hang on a second you know you you've you've Gaming has been such an important part of your life. Mm. It has solidified and connected you with your friendship group over the years. I mean, how many people can honestly say that they are still super close and hang out every single week with their best friends from high school? I don't know personally many people that say that. And I I, I had to kind of say to you, you know, because you were sitting there going, oh, yeah, well, you know we won these tickets but we can't go and i, I remember well, saying, we, we were
2: also planning to go to the u.s finally for the first time the year following uh, which was the the sort of the, the picture to it it was sort of like well we were doing that for that year we were saving up for no, that
0: no that had already happened because no, no. we had seen my mom no, because I was. Yeah, I know, was, but we
2: had done the first trip to the West, but like to go and do it. Yeah. It was the second trip to go yeah. and do it from it. Like we were playing to go through... but for, I remember
0: you saying we can't, and
2: then yeah. it was to you. Because well, it was going well, for well, your mum's birthday, and that yeah. was the, the whole reason yeah. we were going to go the next year. Ah,
0: that's right. Yeah.
2: Um, but I had to say to you, well, why not? Yeah. So yeah. so we ended up going, all right, well. And then it all just sort of fell into place. Like we had friends here um, uh, who were like part of different. Um, Group, you know, there's quite a number of Aussies that end up going across over to Gencon. I had no idea of that until that moment. Um, so um, we, you know, we knew, you know, we, we had so many sort of internet friends and things as we've gone across from it, um, you know, through this account and and through um, other people we knew and that, um, and we'd had packs here uh, for the first, I think it was two years. I think we had. I think it been two
0: years by that years. point. Yeah.
2: Um, and so we made quite a few connections through from that as well um and i sort of put out that you know look i'm i've won these um i don't have accommodation and you know i can figure out flights and that with it all but i don't know where i stay or anything from it um and we got uh, i got reached out to by a lovely friend uh, back at campaign coins and he sort of went look i can hook you up with some accommodation if you're happy to share and i'm like oh yeah all right um and then uh, uh, actually, don't know. Tell me about I won one ticket. That was the old. Tell me one ticket or two tickets. I've got. I can't remember now. Okay, uh, um, but yeah, for some reason I it all, and like we we had to try and work out some way to go no, and get you across the world. I think it work. was
0: one because. Yeah. I said I'd be happy to go over, but then obviously I wouldn't be able to do the, the thing. thing. Yeah. Um,
2: and we have about no, you. No, no, customers. no,
0: no. I think we did talk about buying a ticket because it wasn't sold out that yeah. year. But then I remembered, because I'd made friends with Ben from Sirenscape when Sirenscape was just sort of starting and he came to the very first packs, and we, we developed a, a wonderfully nerdy friendship there. Um, I reached out to him and I said to him, that's right. Yeah. I remember that because he had a regular ticket and I had to be to pass. Yeah. I said, do you need anyone to come and help you out with Sirenscape? And he went, yeah, I'd love to have you on the booth. That'd be fantastic.
2: Because this was the first or second year that he, I think it was the second year. I think it was be. the second year, yeah. yeah. And so he's sort of like, oh, yeah, I've got some, you know, someone I know that I can go and get help with and everything. So, um, yeah, we had been another avenue to go through so we could both get over there. We both had somewhere to stay. We both had a way to go um i felt far less guilty about doing the whole thing so yeah right back to clipe going um yeah we're gonna go and we'll do that and so yeah got to meet all of those people that there and they've become good friends since that point but um give the amount of friends i made through that trip um or solidified friendships more with it all, like hey but andrew hackard at um uh, uh, Steve Jackson games. Like I, I got to meet him at Pax just before that trip. That uh, was yeah yeah. Oh
0: yeah. so we
2: met him and then we got to go over there and see him all over again and sort of that became like even more of that a, so a changing point for it. Um we got to meet all the guys from Zombie Orpheus um who do all the gamers materials and they became like family. immediate fair, friends mm-hmm. and yeah almost yeah, family, family feel to um to everyone we met through from there. Um it was, yeah, uh, all the guys, that, uh, you know, Chris and Nicole, we met at, from um, uh, Green Run In Games. We met them there, that one, and um, through a weird set of events that was the start of our friendship properly through from those ones, we just kept bumping into them at random points, and so it was sort of, <laughs> every time we, we, we of turn around, out, yeah, like airport, times, on the fly. On the fly. Everywhere we went, we just kept bumping into him. It's just like the universe seems to be forcing us together over and over and over again, like stuck in lines of security and everything.
0: And we saw Chris like like I think pondering about whether he was going to get some food or not. And just as we walked past him, I whispered really loudly, Go home, (laughs) stop following us. (laughs) And then as we're walking away thinking, God, I hope he gets that as a humorous thing,
2: because they do But, yeah, it was just that we got so many friendships out of it. And then, yeah, like, uh, I got to know quite a few of the people from Geek & Sundry as I've gone along with it. Um, again, part of this sort of evolving persona, the tabletop album moved from not only Twitter into Twitch as, as that became the thing with them. Um, and it became a mod for Geek and & Sundry and, and yeah, did a lot of the sort of things from there from it. Um, and, yeah, I've met Noma and Becca Scott um, were doing... Uh, board games and stuff on the air part of it all and then into RPGs as well um, and of course Ivan's company who does the um, he's got sort of undead material and everything with it and you now he's developed you know, kids on bikes and now kids on brooms and um, so he was very much into that sort of like creating um, RPGs that were open and available to younger people and that which is something I you know anything that brings more people into it or brings into to big happy family I'm, I'm backing for um, so, yes, they became good friends out of that. We took that trip because we ended up in, back in L.A. and then ended up on the, um, uh, game, filling the game. In, uh, game the game while Becca was – That's I right. I was, she was off being, Yeah, because Becca was off I getting was married at the time. Um, and so, yeah, so she was <laughs> off from there. So we filled in as hosts from that, and then we kept sort of coming back every time we swung past there. It was like, do you want to be on? Okay. You know, so we are sort of filling a bit from there. and. It's just this wonderful snowball effect. And yeah, between that and then, you know, ending up um, meeting up with all the critical role guys. And, um, you know, know, there's there's a brief moment in the, I think our third, the second or third trip out of all of it. uh, The one where um, Matt was a guest of honor for Gen Con that year. um, And he recorded some stuff for Sirenscape. Because since this point, we're like, every time we've gone back, we've worked with Sirenscape to sort of help them out with it all. So, you know, instead of being just sort of pottering around and knowing I'm oh, actually going um, And yeah, Matt recorded some stuff for us uh, for for Kate, doing um, a few of his different characters and stuff into it all. Uh, but for weirdest point out of that, like all the exhibitors can go into the exhibit hall, the Guest of Honour couldn't outside of ours. And it was just sort of like, so we've got a security guard like blocking Matt from going into the exhibit hall after <laughs> while we're trying to get him to record things. And we're just sort of like, well, how in the world do we go and get around this? And I'm like, and so like, he's at the, the front of the door, and he's on the phone with Ben and Ben, and go. go, well, how do we do this? And I'm like, I've got an no idea. Hang hey, on a sec. I've run off to the, the door where uh, Matt's at, and are like, my theory was we'll just swap badges while they one's sort of looking at it all, but he'll have one that just says sensitivity, he can walk on in no worries and everything. Like, in my mind, it's just going to be really hilarious me walking around with Matt's badge on, just sort of going, hey, look this this, brother. Um, <laughs> as it turns out as I'm like almost at the door all of a sudden there's Matt coming running back the other direction towards me I'm like what happened he's gone stuck past the guard where are we? he came from it. I've gone that's very you Matt. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah so we kind of did the whole bit and we're all good and that um, but yeah we've um, yeah, got to hang out with them in LA uh, for a little bit and we have, we have a standing agreement that every time we come up and cut through we we stock them up with a couple of packs of ten pounds, and always good.
1: <laughs> it's such an incredible story, and uh, oh, Jessica, what, Jessica, what what was it that you were thinking when here you are being supportive of him being goofy on International Tabletop Day, and then it turns into an internet sensation, and then snowballs into all this like. Uh, It has to be, uh, surreal. How, 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 how are you feeling about it?
0: I don't even know if I'd call it necessarily surreal because, because I'm in entertainment. So I have a really, I've seen firsthand and I've experienced firsthand what it's like when you're someone or when you're a part of something that brings people together, you know, when you're on stage and you're doing a play, um, you're, you're doing it every single. you're doing the same play every single night but every single night is different because of the people that are in the room and and the and the energy that it feeds you so the experience always changes but you're always intimately very intimately aware of just how much you're influencing the people that are watching you and so i felt when when it started, it's like, like, I'm going to do something real silly. I was, I was like, yeah, go for it. Be silly. Like, Have, have fun. I, I want you to have fun. This is, a, this is going to be a really special day for you because I don't know how much it's going to mean to you to have so many people in, under, under our roof having a fantastic time and doing the things that you love. And then as it gained popularity, I, <laughs> I do remember very briefly going, you have more followers on Twitter than I do? Like, what? But, but like, for a very brief moment, because, you know, because there is a part of you with the business side of things in the entertainment industry that's like, God, I just, I just want to extend my reach so that people know who I am. Um, but I, I very quickly got over that because it really didn't matter. And I was just so happy that he was making other people, you know, happy and having a good time. And so then when the opportunity came to go... To, to Gen Con, I mean, I, I, I have a massive spirit of adventure. There was no way I was going to let him give up just because we happened to live tens of thousands of
2: kilometers away. On, on almost going. literally halfway around the world. Yeah,
0: almost halfway yeah. <laughs> around the world. And so when we, when we went and things continued to snowball and snowball and snowball and snowball, I just became happier and happier and happier because the person Aww. that I know and love was – finally revealing a part of themselves to the world in a way that was causing other people to, to, to see the person that I love, if that makes any sense. You know, yes. I, I think you know, Daryl's not a, not a performer. He's not a massive extrovert. He's not a person that wants to be on display necessarily. And so to be able to put yourself out there like that at all is quite extraordinary and brave and, and requires you to be vulnerable. And that's incredibly courageous to do, but then to have confidence and faith in the thing that you're portraying that in turn, you can see the influence that you're having on a community, a very big community of people.
2: That was the thing that I didn't see any of it. Like I was so you caught up see in that, the moment. But I saw that though. I didn't see any of it. No. So. And, <laughs>
0: and if anything, if, if, was really touching because it was almost like being the owlbear has given you permission to be more of yourself in public spaces without being apologetic for who you are, without being self-conscious and, oh, you know, I could go to this thing or I could say this or I could go and do that that activity over there, but, oh, you know, I don't want to get in the way and I don't want to do this or that or the other. You know, when we were at Geek and Sundry that one year, I, I remember this particular trip um they were doing a late night twitch party where they were dancing (laughs) and 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 you turned to me at one point because you still had the albert gloves and mask in your bag and you said would it be really funny if i walked through the door at the back of the set which which would put him on camera and you know danced around a little bit and then disappeared again i'm like go for it you know why well, not also,
2: that, that question was more directed to the show well, yeah, yeah but i remember you kind of <laughs> also
0: directing it towards me in a sense of you know oh would it be really silly would i be humiliating myself would it be like would it be dumb mm. um and then you did it and you came back and you were really giddy i remember you were just like oh that was really fun and then, and then like you did it two more times after that. The best one being when they were dancing around very somberly to Careless Whisper and you grabbed a broom and well, pretended so I was, to I was
2: play... Like Zach, you know, yeah, so, yeah, and you
0: pretended to play
2: did the sax, part, the sax part with the broom <laughs> with the owlbear mask and the gloves on. Yeah. Um, so playing, um, uh, what's the Just Dance thing? Yeah, Just Dance. Uh, so yeah, Careless Whispers and Esme and, you know, owlbear mask and little hands and, you know, whatever I was wearing at the time, but yeah, which I think was the Albed jumper that Chris ran me. um But yeah, like that one of the, just, yeah, seeing that this brood just mocking out doing the, the saxophone bit, and or, you know, trying to do the, the, the best, best, um, you know, sexy saxophone guy that, you know, became out of the, the videos and everything. So, yes, yeah,
0: so yeah. I, I, <laughs> I think as the years have gone on, it's, it's been something that I've continued to try and encourage where possible too, because, you know, when you're, when you're, just, I don't want to say just Daryl because that makes it sound like you're less than. But when you're being Daryl, you you still um, you, you still walk around with um, that kind of sense of not wanting to take up space as a, as as a person that doesn't want to.
2: I don't like being the centre of attention. Yeah,
0: yeah, but but also like it's a confidence thing. But I think when you're when you're when you're in your Albert shoes or your Albert mask, so to speak, <laughs> you know you're you're putting yourself out there. And it gives you more confidence to be assured in who you are as a person. And I mean, I have to tell this story and please take over because I would <laughs> love for you to tell this story. Um, one year I decided to, to, to undertake a very expensive task, which was I know that um, Daryl's been a massive, massive, massive fan of Billy Connolly for as long as I can – Remember us being together, and as a kid, you know, he he, he's told me that you know the the things that he used to listen to and watch. And one year Billy was doing his farewell tour, I think, to us, you know, to different places around the world, and and he was coming to Australia, and it was not cheap. (laughs) But I remember going. I I don't want him to have always thought. Wouldn't it have been great to have seen him on stage? And and I've missed out, and now I never will. So I surprised him with tickets for his birthday, and he got. Very emotional, which was like just exactly what I planned. Um, but we went to the show and we had a really fantastic time. And as the show ended, I said to Daryl, "I wonder if I wonder if we can catch him at the stage door because you know obviously um, you know he hasn't been well for a number of years. I don't think he's going to be the kind of star that's going to rush through the stage door as soon as the show finishes and then you you know you miss the chance to potentially stop him and say hi." And so I'm like, no, come on, let's just go to the stage door. As so we went to the stage door and we waited around uh, for quite a while. And finally, but we were kind of positioned perfectly too. We were literally right in front of the door. I think we kind of technically yeah, maybe we kind of stepped day. in place of where some other people had been and then had given up. And it's we not like was to- some- a There wasn't a line, <laughs> no. There was a very, very small amount of people yeah. there. And he walks through the doors and we are the first people he sees. And he greets us like we're friends, which is just...
2: Well, it's just him too.
0: I know, yeah, but I it was just so wonderfully touching for someone of his, you know, his talent and his extraordinary abilities and, and years of doing what he does to just see two complete strangers and be like, hey, these are my friends. Mm. He kissed me on my cheek and I remember just kind of being like a stunned fish after that going like, oh my God, Billy Carly kissed me on my cheek. Mm. Do I ever wash my face again? I don't know maybe like I, am I going to become funny by osmosis that would be really cool oh. <laughs> but he turns to Daryl and he says to him what's that, like what's that on your shirt
2: so I've got this uh, one jumper that's kind of like a, it's like a sports uh, team logo sort of thing there's tabletop out there so there's like one of the ones that someone created at some stage in the past um, and yeah You're I am wearing it I was wearing it at the time He sort of like I, think I, was like, I looked down realised what I'm wearing and i like Oh, all right, um, so here I am all of a sudden explaining what an owlbear is to Billy Connolly. Uh, <laughs> so like, like you know Dungeons and Dragons, says this creature with things top like half of an owl, body of a bear, and you know, they made up this thing and you know, like they made a sports style part from it all and you know, I kind of taken over this sort of personality thing out of all of it. And, yeah this is what i'm doing and i'm sort of like half rambling and trying to explain as because I'm you're really talking like to one of your biggest heroes of all yeah, time exactly like okay that's okay well, this is odd and he's sort of like oh that's, that's interesting that's good and but he genuinely he shook my hand in that he, yeah. he kind of was like but
0: yeah, at the same time it, it was almost like he, he was looking at daryl <laughs> like he was wearing some kind of punk rock thing like yeah, yeah. like that's that's cool sure.
2: <laughs> So he takes my like, hand, so he sort of moves on to the next person, I'm sort of on cloud nine, so we're walking oh, away. Oh, he signed He signed your book too. it. Oh, sorry. So I'm he the,
0: signed, he signed the um the, yeah.
2: the gig book. Yeah. So we're doing all this, and we're walking away, and I'm sort of cloud nine, and all of a sudden I'm sitting going, I just explained our there to Billy Connolly. What in the world is my life? Sort of like, yeah, just sort of...
0: And the thing yeah. is, that would have never happened... If you hadn't have done all of that Albert stuff, because you probably wouldn't have bought that jumper or a lot mm. of the Albert shirts that you have, if it hadn't been for the, the yeah. time that you invested in creating the, you know, the Albert persona and the Twitter account and everything yeah. else that's followed from it.
2: Well, it was just weird.
0: <laughs> Not weird.
2: Awesome. It was awesome. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. But yeah, just sort of this strange so, thing of just like it's great, ama- amazing to me, legend, and you yeah, know. Obviously they taking the time to explain what now parents.
1: <laughs> what is your advice for those families and, and for those uh those folks out there that are that are trying to get that to come together?
2: It's a good question. Um so yeah, I mean like with my side of it, like if I take it to my own parents out of the ball, but I, I can barely get them to even play just even a, a board game or anything, they're just they don't have that interest as much as I've tried to push through for it. Um, <laughs> I've, I mean, I, I've got uh, a few card games for my niece, um, a, a, like a very simple one that's just called Taco Cat Goat Cheese Pizza. And my dad can't kind of even seem to sort of grab me around the idea of that one where my four year old niece is just completely grokking him on it. Um, but as far as sort of um, the role play side of it all, I think it's. I mean, the, the the first step out of all of it is ultimately just getting that openness with them. And I mean, any um, any parent that's out there and is is going that that step to to look up these materials um, online and everything, they've already taken like the biggest leap out of that in itself. Like that's that's just amazing that they're making that that reach for it. Um, so to any parents that are doing that, I've got all the respect for you entirely. Um, I guess the, the next sort of point to it, though, really is just trying to find the right the right um, sort of ground that you want to walk on with each of them. Um, I mean, I've said with board games and that, we're in this sort of golden age with board games and, and RPGs and everything at the moment where if there's something you want to play, there's going to be something out there for you no matter what your interest is. Um, you know, it's it's long past the times of, you know, it, it has to be you know, just a fantasy game that has to, you know, it doesn't have to be, um, you know, uh, board games are all just, you know, training in the Mediterranean or, you know, miniature combat or anything anymore. It's like, there is so much diversity and, and, um, subject matter out there that, you know, you can go and, uh, you know, find these amazing things with it all. I mean, you know, we, the, the, the game of the year last year was all about bird watching. You know I mean? That's, that's fantastic. Um, so yeah with, with, as far as being able to get if you can go and get if you can find the right niche that you can work with between your parents and your kids um to be able to you know find something you can all sort of agree on and 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 delve into that those worlds out of it all um yeah you, you're, you're on the right track I mean one of my favourite little um based sort of ones out of it all and it's one that the, the critical world crew have um, come across with it all and it's, um, it was actually designed by an Australian um, who I met once uh, about, you know, his name is Escaping right now but it's the Honey Heist little system and it's just a you know, it's literally an RPG on a single page <laughs> It's the point where it's actually being printed on shirts so, so you can have a t-shirt with all your rules for your, your RPG right on there <laughs> and the fact that it's, you know, it's got pairs in it already you know, automatically makes me like it so it's halfway to our uh, <laughs> so yeah, it's like if you could find that sort of system just to get started out of all of it and then just let that passion grow out of it, just take the time and just be open and, and play around with it all. I mean, we've, we've got a friend of ours, Ben McKenzie, who um, he, he's done live shows uh, about sort of d based ones, um, this uh, little system that he's done with, um, called Dungeon Crawl. And he took that concept and then started doing solo um, work in libraries with uh, kids in after school care um, and created these amazing little DMs, uh, like little sheet character sheets where the kids could just basically, you know, they've got a, some simple little rules and they get, you know, a die to go and run around with um, and they make up their own characters and they draw them and they, you know, they just basically freeform role play um, with just the, the a basic little amount of um, guidance and, uh, you know, rule set and everything for them to just let them play and just sort of find this great little you know, realm to interact with in it. Um, and it's just, it's absolutely fantastic to be able to actually see this sort of thing going on with it. Um, I mean, Lisa from the Double Flicks has done some stuff with it as well over mm-hmm. in LA. Um, they, they, they had this whole sort of system through from that to, to go about, you know, dealing with families and kids um, about sort of learning what RPGs and everything are from it all. Um, there's, there's so many amazing resources and so many mm. avenues now that you can find something for your family. Um, and it doesn't matter what age group out of all of it. I mean, one of my favourite little Twitter accounts out of all is that DD grandma. Yeah, uh, like, DD grandma. You know, she's, you know... I think she's her you 80s know, or something yeah I think it is and, you know, and she's just she's awesome she's amazing you know? and it's just like it doesn't matter how old, you know young old there, there's something there for everybody
0: Yeah I Absolutely. I agree entirely with everything you said you know it's I think first and foremost it's about uh nurturing whatever it is that they're passionate about and and remembering that tabletop role playing um is about Storytelling, and so i this is potentially a really terrible example, but I'm going, I'm gonna own it, I'm gonna own it, it popped into my brain, I'm gonna go with it. Um, you know, I think about the episode of the IT crowd where um, Moss runs a D&D game for the guys that are in from out of town, and <laughs> and, and, and and that show is not entirely you know, without problems. But what I, what I kind of, the thing that I actually really loved about that episode was this idea of stepping into stepping into a game where you feel empowered, you have agency, but it also, um, it's a way of of dealing with things that you're currently experiencing too. Um, I think a lot of times in life, you know, we're told to push down feelings that aren't seen as as positive or um, useful or helpful. And I think something really beautiful about whether it's performing or whether it's, it's playing a role-playing game is that, you know, you, you're given permission to play in a space where there are no bad real life consequences you've got a character that you can create um, to be whatever you want it to be and you can use it as a form of self-expression it it can be a a really wonderful way to learn more about yourself and so getting to sit down with your kids and, and play a game can actually be a really important part of who who they discover themselves to be you know the things that they want to champion about themselves, the things that they want to grow and develop and become. And that's not to say that your kid wants to grow up to be a barbarian, you know, who. <laughs> who has a very dirty loincloth and wants to smash things with a sword but
2: she wants to rage she in. wants to rage yeah.
0: but, but you know i think there are i think that being able to play and use your creativity and your imagination is something that can be really um, limited when you're in school or in traditional forms of education and there's so many you know ted talks and studies that are about why we need creativity to be happy, healthy individuals, and the ways that creativity can turn into really important ways uh, that that you problem solve as an adult, um, and and at heart too, we're all storytellers. It's in our DNA. We've been storytellers since we have, you know, we, we since we've been here on this planet. And so, anything that you can do to encourage and nurture that. Um, in the areas that kids are passionate in i think is a really wonderful thing to do and and as, and as Daryl as darrell said you know it doesn't have to be a fancy DD situation it could be like we played you know mutants and masterminds with with um with our dm and yeah. had a, an amazing time creating all sorts of kind of modern day superhero you know I don't want to say like, yeah. I don't want to say like Marvel Avengers style heroes, but you know, you know, kids, kids if they're not into D and D, but they're into the Marvel movies, for instance, they might be really into something like the masterminds or um.
2: like sci-fi. There's all sorts of yeah, you yeah. know, yeah, Starfinder. There's you yeah, know, all sorts of stuff like um, The kids on bikes is like your Stranger Things. Kids on brooms now. Mm. They've got the um, that's like doing legally Harry Potter, legally
0: distinct from Harry Potter, legally distinct from <laughs> Stranger
2: Things. Very no, no. I mean, it's like this inspiration, it's
0: inspiration, yeah. Uh,
2: and it's like, but just to have, there's going to be so I mean, and that's one of those things where like kids have got, you, you, everyone has that sort of that starting point where you sort of see something on on TV or film, and you know, like I we was saying before, with like the you know Big Night and um, you know, Paul the Slayer and all that sort of thing. But there's going to be that touchstone that you had early on, and like oh, but I could be like that character. And, you know. Mm. I mean, I, I grew, up, grew up reading Lord of the Rings from a very early age and, um, and The Hobbit and that. And, you know, I'm, I'm not ashamed to say that Give Me a Legolas list of my favourite ones and my early characters are all very much just like, I have the elf who's the man-ass Archer and he's oh, yeah, this stocky, stocky dwarf who's <laughs> going out there and, and, you know, kicking ass with his axe. Um, it was just, you know, they were... You, you wanted to encompass your you sort of, feel like, your little hero characters and, and do your own take on it. Um You know, even if, if it is all those carbon copy times, but it's like, it's, uh, it, yeah, it's, it's, it's a starting point. Right. And, and that's the thing. It's like it opens the door to everything else that comes afterward for
0: it. And I think there's no wrong way to do it either. I mean, I, the I don't think there's a right or wrong way to play a tabletop game, you know, But but...
2: As long as, everyone's, I, as, long having as everyone's
0: having fun and you're, you're encouraging people to like that, that kind of self-expressionism that I'm talking about too, because it's also really important, you know, lessons that can be learnt from tabletop games, you know, especially when you're young, you know, you, you haven't got an awful lot of life experience. You haven't necessarily been given 20 different entrances to a dungeon that just happened to come upon a <laughs> producer that's going <laughs> to, Set you in stone and end your life very quickly, but mm-hmm. but maybe that could teach you the important lesson of not rushing or of being a bit more perceptive or of taking your time or
2: don't pick the door you know, right at the back of the thing. Don't <laughs> take the door
0: right at the back of the thing, or you know, or, or consider your options more. I think there's lots of really cool cool lessons that can be learned, and and the the fact that you just get to have fun while you're doing it is wonderful. The 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 things that you remember as a kid, are, you know that you really cherish are those moments where you got to have real meaningful connections with other people, especially your parents. And so getting to do something as fun and meaningful as playing a game where you got to beat the bad guy and save the day or you you, you, you got the treasure and then you lost it because you, you did something really silly but you had a really big laugh about it afterwards. You know, I think that's all the really important stuff. Um, and, and you know what? It sounds like most parents these days are doing the right thing to to support themselves in the process by looking at the youtube videos like you're saying by looking at things like critical role um and i would even encourage you know like one of the things that i personally really love about gen con is getting to see the kids going out with their parents you know on a sunday in particular at the
2: sunday is usually the family day out of it and that seeing, you know that sort of wide-eyed right around from it is it's extraordinary. Like I know there's there's plenty of smaller cons and things from it all, which is probably a ways a better way to sort of start off with it to, Especially to go with. It kids are
0: like, oh yeah.
2: Um, <laughs> but yeah, like
0: that, is not the that, place for
2: you. That element of just being able to like get like I mean, yeah, to take it for from our point of view from uh, like for, for something more local to us, like seeing the kids at PAX um in oh Melbourne is gosh. just it's adorable. There's when, one
0: you know, family at PAX Australia that that captured my heart about three years ago. And I think it's still my pinned tweet on my Twitter account, but guardians of the galaxy two had just come out and the dad had dressed up as Yondu with the really big, um, mohawky thingy. (laughs) Um, and his daughter had, he dressed up like star Lord and I saw them and I just, I got really emotional because I thought it was so beautiful and I took a photo of it and sent it to James Gunn on Twitter and he retweeted it and everyone went nuts. Um, <laughs> but I but I loved that that he he then replied saying, I'm her father and her daddy and yeah. and
2: Aww. just the way that they were
0: I know <laughs> And they were just so happy together, expressing their nerdiness together and the things that they're passionate about. And then I, I missed most the majority of packs last year because I got quite sick but I, I had um I had someone show me a picture of the same dad with his two daughters the the yeah, the little one was you know now grown up, and I think he'd had another kid since then or or he'd had an another child that had you know come along to join them, and they were all dressed up like um the different spider people from spider man to spider verse. That
2: was him. So awesome. one of them
0: was dressed as Spider-Gwen, one of them was dressed, I think he was dressed up as Noir Spider-Man. Yeah. So he had like the trench coat and the hat. <laughs> and it was just so fantastic. I, I love seeing, you know, parents, you know, say to their kids, like, you know, what what do you you know, figuring out what the kids are into and then going, oh, cool, like what do you want to do with that? And then if the kids are like, I want to dress up as Spider Gwen or whatever, you go, okay, cool, let's do it. Let's
1: just do it, you know? Daryl, Jessica, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for your amazing stories. Thank you so much <laughs> so for <cool>. <laughs> all. <laughs> thank you for all the laughs. And we're so, so happy. We're going to have to have you on again. Oh, anytime, mate, Anytime. Her.
0: And and thank you so much for giving uh, up your time to be with us too. I mean, this is
2: this yeah, it's got to be damn late then. it <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: it's got very late there. But also, you know, it's it's just so wonderful to be able to um, to share a part of a part of you know your journey too, and, and being on the show. So thank mm-hmm. you so much. It's just it's just so nice.
2: Like I said, this whole thing is just sort of like you know, it's so all-encompassing and so supportive and and wonderful.